Gentlemen, welcome back to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungamak. I'm the founder and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. This project started a few years ago. I look around me and realize that I was not the man I wanted to be, um, that I had few examples of Christian manhood in my immediate life, um, and that I was failing miserably to follow my Heavenly Father the way I ought. And so this project uh, is kind of an outcropping of that. My friends and I have gotten together, and we have begun to study Christian manhood. And this podcast is our effort to share that wisdom and knowledge, that growth with you. So I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that it's a blessing to you and encouragement on you as you walk your path of Christian manhood, as you walk closer and closer each day with your Heavenly Father. Now, we've been talking a lot in the last couple of years about relationships. We've been talking a lot about um, men's roles. We've been talking a lot about masculinity and manhood. And we've even been talking about how manhood and masculinity relates to Christian womanhood. But we've never really sat down and talked about Christian womanhood. And part of the reason for that was I feel that I am not an expert on womanhood. I don't think any man could ever truly be an expert on womanhood. I think the, a woman needs to be such. And I was waiting for the opportunity to have the right woman on the podcast. And I didn't know who that was uh, until I met her this last summer. This woman who you're going to hear from today is Naomi Schmidt. Now, Naomi has led women's Bible studies um, on all kinds of different topics all over the Midwest, for sure. Um, and it has an has an awesome kind of ministry going on where she talks to Christian women about Christian womanhood things. And she was a perfect person to bring on. She has an absolutely wonderful body of work. She's done um, great things among the women of the church. Um, she's also produced a lot of cool Bible studies and things like that. And it was an absolute blessing to sit down with her and talk, ch- talk with her and chat with her. Um, and frankly, just sit, sit at her feet and listen to her talk about Um, what it means to be a Christian woman, um, what men should be looking for in Christian woman, what we can expect from the from the women in our lives, um, and then also on the flip side, uh, what men can do um, to help Christian women be um, women of God, and the things that we can do to help each other out um, and to grow closer to each other and uh, make those relationships as good as possible. Because Scripture tells us um, that the picture of man and woman married together, that Christian marriage is a picture. It's an example. Um, it's supposed to be showing love to each other the way that Christ loved the church. And so we got to get to that point. That's not something that comes naturally. It's not something that comes easily. And so in order to achieve such success in our marriages, we have to be cognizant of it. we got to be thinking about it. we got to be growing in grace and knowledge of the truth um, as, we, as we pursue God together. So without any further ado, uh, we're going to get into this podcast today um, with Naomi Schmidt right after a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Seth and Jenna Herlick, and we are also known as Him and Her Worship. We are also the creators of the What Do I Know podcast, where we talk about life while having very little life experience ourselves. We are a normal couple passionate about lighting hearts on fire for Jesus, who just happened to play music. We write our own original worship music, and we play in churches all around the country, and we'd love to connect with you. We have lots of ways for you to do that. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify, we are at Him and Her Worship. And we have a website, and we are himandherworship.com. Also check out our podcast at Apple Podcasts and other streaming platforms. God bless you. Thanks so much for your time, and we cannot wait to meet you in person. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. 
Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right. So, uh, interview first. You are the first woman ever to be on the Gird Up podcast. Actually, I don't, I don't think I told you that. So, thank you. You are. It's. I, I was about to say it's a. It's an honor for you to be here. But it is. That, but it is. I, I'll say that for you. It is an honor to be here. All right. But you. So you are uh, the first woman that we've interviewed. All right. Um, you are Mrs. Naomi Schmidt. I am. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who Who are you? Who is Naomi Schmidt? I, child of God. I mean, that's really where it all starts. But uh, in the normal sense of how you think about it, I'm a pastor's wife. Uh, we have four daughters, eight grandchildren. Um, I, I work, uh, I do, but I do also do a lot with women's ministry. So I'm, I'm involved with a lot of women's Bible studies. I speak at retreats and events. Um, I really just have had a lot of opportunities to get to know women and talk to them on a very personal level about things that are important to them and how they want to grow in the word. Um, and so it's just been a wonderful opportunity to just share Christ and point women to the word of God uh, and deepen their understanding. So that's that's really my passion is just sharing the word of God. Yeah, awesome. You should talk right into the microphone. I will talk right into the microphone. <laughs> you can pull it right close to you too if you want to. I know. Okay, so um, how so? Well, I guess my first question is how does how does one get into um, like not every pastor's wife obviously is uh, directly involved in in the ministry of the church, um, and that's not a necessarily a bad thing. It's just right. not what they desire to do. Um, and, uh, I think it's, it's also even more rare to kind of branch off and start doing your own ministry stuff. So what, right. like, how do you go from just, you know, being a pastor's wife, you know, marrying a pastor and all that, how do you go from there to then doing women's ministry? Well, that's a little, a little bit of a jump. Um, I have to think about how it, to, because I think in the important thing for me was, to be involved in our congregation. I feel like I wouldn't ever want to do ministry work and not be really closely connected to a congregation. Uh, I think sometimes the opportunities in congregations are a little bit different. Uh, And sometimes it just kind of, by doing congregational ministry, you start to realize where some of the the little holes are. And you don't need a whole congregational ministry to talk to uh, women who are divorced or women who are single. But at the same time, there's there's a little bit of a need there, and there's some women that have questions, and they want to talk about things a little bit more, and Sunday morning Bible study maybe isn't the best place for them to bring up their questions, and so it's really just developing relationships and then and then seeing, wow, I can build this relationship into an opportunity to, to help my sisters in Christ, and so I don't think I ever really looked at any of my life like I'm going to start a ministry or do a ministry. I think you just start serving and you start loving people and then the service just comes and the opportunities grow. And I think everybody has different opportunities based on their gifts. Uh, and so it's just, it's really cool to see everybody in the body of Christ involved in serving one another um, and being in the word. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think that sometimes um, like we work almost too hard to find the right niche to fit into. I think most of the time, the most the most, uh, not necessarily vital ministry, but the most effective ministry sometimes seems to be things that we just kind of stumble into because that's the way the Lord has gifted us. And so when we can find the right people in the right situations, 
helping the right people and having the right conversations. That seems to be far more effective than saying, all right, we want to do this. Now let's find somebody to do it. Right. It, it happened, like, a lot of times the most effective ministry happens in the opposite direction. Not that we should never try it. Right. But, but it often know. comes out of those relationships. Well, it's, where it's, you, it's genuine and natural. Yes. Yep. Sometimes uh, the Sunday morning Bible study isn't the best place to address some of these things. So what kind of stuff are you talking about when you say that? Um, I think that that oftentimes when there's a mixed study, like on a Sunday morning type of situation, uh, there is something that you're studying and you are going to learn what the text is teaching. uh, And the pastor is going to tell you what those insights are uh, and people are going to answer questions and that's just how it's supposed to go. And sometimes at least for me, I I have deeper questions, not like they're oh so much more mature than anybody else, but just the idea that, wait a minute, I want to really think about that. And I had a situation in my life, and I want to know how that passage, how can I think about that passage in light of this situation in my life, but it's kind of a personal situation? I would never bring that up at Bible class. Um, partially out of respect for my husband because we would be on these detours all the time. And you know that that's, uh, that there just isn't time for everybody to bring that to the table. And, and in a women's Bible study or privately in those conversations over coffee, we really get to say, you know, this is what God's teaching us. How do we apply it? And in, in my setting or in this relationship, what does that look like? And that's really where a lot of great conversations happen. We need both. I mean, we, we really need both. We need to be just taught the word, but then given time to meditate about it. And I think that um, when those two are partnered and they're done well together, uh, that's when the kingdom of God really grows. Yeah, you got to chew on it sometimes. I know, you really you do. You got to chew on it. Yeah, you're, and uh, I always get a kick out. You could tell when the, uh, when the, whether it's a pastor or whoever the Bible study leader is, you can like see I the, the vein in his temple start beating a little bit. You're like, he has a schedule to keep, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> and yes. the fourth person pops up and says, well, but in my family or Ex- in my house, and he goes, whoa, okay. Right, right. <laughs> We'd love to hear yes. you a different day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So um, when um, I I think everybody's probably got things they don't want to just air out in front of the congregation, right? Right. right. Um, but what do you see any trends like trends that just kind of establish themselves as consistent issues with with women of God that they I don't if, I guess if it's consistent enough that you keep talking about it, it ought to see the light of day. I think. So do you have any of those that just keep coming up? Like do you notice any themes in, in the things they're saying? Well, I think oftentimes uh, the most prominent theme in in women's conversations about the Word of God is always relationships, and and you know we see that in Genesis already. You know when God kind of brings that into the into the mix, and he he talks to women about their relationships already in Genesis, and we recognize that's an important part of who we are, and so we want to think about. God's word, and then how does that apply or help me in my my marriage relationship or my relationships at work, my kids, my neighbors? Um, and so we really want to talk about those opportunities that we have to either share the word of God with other people, and we want to make sure that we do it clearly and correctly so that we're not saying something that's misleading or misunderstood. Uh, and I think, too, that there are a lot of... Um, 
teachings in the Bible, just, um, you know, whether it's forgiveness or communication, I mean, there's so many things that scripture teaches so clearly that we need to apply over and over. And, and they do, it does strengthen our relationship when we grow in the word and we can see those things from scripture and then apply them in our life. And then we fail and then we repent and we start all over and that's the beauty of grace but uh, it, it is a privilege to grow but yeah I would th- I would say relationships are really uh, what women are really focused on and, uh, and wanting to grow in their faith all right and is that relationships with each other or relationships just relationships in general husbands like how do like what kind of relationships are um, I think women have just a really innate need for relationships and I think um the older that you get and the wiser that you get, you begin to see that no one relationship is enough other than Christ. And so a woman who looks to her husband to meet all of her needs is probably going to be a little frustrated. Uh, but we need our sisters in Christ. We do need husbands. We do need leaders in our church. We need um, good neighbors, um, all of those things. And so I think, again, when you see the full picture that God has intended, it's it's all of these different people, uh, not just using their gifts to serve the kingdom, but loving each other and interrelating in a way that meets needs. And so I think women see that they have a need for one another, uh, but I think they see uh, how they relate to men differently than they do relate to women. Um, but then it just all falls back on Jesus, and that's the common bond that we share. Uh, we're, we're not about uh, relationships that are just human. I need this and I need this. Uh, at the end of the day, I need Christ. And, but when I have Christ, then my relationships are deeper. Mm, yeah. And you keep bringing up that word need, right? Yeah. And need, what, what, what we need from each other. So I guess the question then is, is what do you guys need from us? <laughs> like, what, what do women need from men? And wow. obviously these are sweeping, broad sweeping strokes, but, yes. but generally speaking, what, what do women, what are women looking for from men? I, I think that, I think the big picture word that I would use is probably love in the sense that um, we, we want to feel appreciated. We want to feel valued. Uh, we want to feel like we are able to contribute and help. Uh, we want to be respected. Um, we want to be cared for. I mean, and that's going to look different in different relationships. It's going to look different um, to a young woman who's single than an elderly woman. But but just that idea of caring um, and nurturing, um, watching over. And, and I think that there are a lot of ways that that need is met. Uh, I don't think that it always has to be a husband that provides some of that care and nurturing. I think sometimes our brothers in Christ step up and go to the plate for women and speak about our value or uh, what they appreciate. And that really means a lot that that goes to our heart. I would imagine men feel the same way that you want to be appreciated and respected. Um, And so that's not totally different from women. But um, we do we do recognize being valued by men differently than we see being valued by other women. It really brings some weight to the table. Yeah, well, and and I think we you were talking about how we kind of have the same needs as far as, you know, we need to be, somebody needs to be paying attention to us, you know, to feel safe, to feel um, uh, loved and respected and, and appreciated. And I think part of the issue isn't, isn't that we don't have the common needs, is that we speak completely different languages oh. in regarding to them. So maybe the best place to start is it, as, a, as a husband, let's start there. 
as a husband looking at his wife and saying, I want to do a better job of communicating that appreciation and building that relationship. Where, where ought one start? Probably washing dishes. Really, I, I, I laugh because I think, uh, I think one of the problems that we have, um, not just in marriage, but in a lot of male-female relationships, is, is that we do communicate differently, and we have very different expectations about what does your value, uh, how do you express that to me? And I think that men feel you know, like they, they do X, Y, Z, and that's how they're expressing their love and appreciation um, in a lot of different settings. But women are looking for it in a different way. And so, again, it's just being able to communicate about that um, and understand that we need to be uh, open about it and just be able to talk about it. But I feel like, too, that's a great place where God's word steps in because it shapes my expectations. And I think women can have expectations for a husband that are pretty high and pretty unrealistic. But if we look at scripture and we let that wisdom and understanding kind of bathe our minds and shape our thoughts, then when the hu- our husband walks in the door, Part of us is thinking, I need a break. I need you to take the kids or help with supper. Uh, but, but a woman who's been thinking about Christ will be thinking, well, but maybe he had a, a long day too. And that doesn't mean her needs are less important or that she can just automatically put them by the wayside. But now she's thinking of her needs in terms of, well, my needs are not the only ones that need to be met. So when she communicates about them, she's going to be able to say, well, this is where I'm at, but how was your day? So that it's not just about me. And that's a good place to start. Yeah. Well, and what I'm hearing from you is conversation, Mm -hmm. not confrontation, right? Right. um, If he walks in the door, you hand him a kid and say, I've had a long day and I know you've had a rough day too, but you need to take the kid for 10 minutes. Right. Maybe there's a day like that. Oh yeah. But that's, that's a confrontation. Right. Whereas a conversation would be like, Hey, look, (laughs) Right. You know, like if if the conversation starts like that, it's going to be a completely different conversation than I need blah, blah, blah. So and I think that that'll be taken a much better light, too. And and as um, on both sides, if you're recognizing a need that isn't being met, like you it's something you need to deal with because right. it's a it's a it's a leak in the tire right right like it, it's you've got a, a vein open and it's bleeding and if you don't deal with it you're gonna have some serious hurt and so to open up that conversation with a right. hey so you know we need this is something that that, that we need to talk about so right. that we can build it in the future i think that's a like just that starting point of a conversation oh yeah and not letting it go to confrontation and sometimes we do that out of um, we, it's like a misguided compassion almost where we go like, I'm just not going to bother them with it. And right. then all of a sudden it blows up oh, yeah. and now we've got this big issue instead of keeping the little issues small. And I think sometimes women can talk about their emotions in a very healthy way and just say, you know, I, I did, like you're saying, I did have a bad day. I'm really feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling really emotional about this and this is really important to me and this is where I'm at. And then she's letting him know, I... I recognize that I, I'm just really caught up in this and maybe I'm not thinking rationally or I'm frustrated and so my words might come out in a way that I don't really intend. Um, and so she's kind of, she can let him know, you know, this is where I'm at. But then he has the opportunity to respond and agree that, hey, what we want here is a solution to the problem. Not just you're right, I'm wrong, but where are we going in our marriage? 
And I think that applies too in congregations, applies, applies in work. How, how do we solve this problem? That's what, we're, that's what we're trying to do, is do this in a God-pleasing way that shows respect and love for one another. Uh, and, and that's really possible, but it's a lot easier when, when everybody's focused on the Word of God and thinking like, okay, this is, this is how Christ wants me to be thinking about this instead of how my flesh is kind of feeling. Yeah. And so... Reining yeah. that in is good. Well, even communicating the the uh, goal of the conversation. So if you're just looking right. for somebody to talk to, say, hey, can I just talk to you? And you're kind of like hinting, saying like, don't be searching for a solution while I say this. Just yes. listen and give me a chance to air this out. And then we'll have a conversation about it. Or you can say like, here's a problem. I need, I need your help solving it. Right. Like, and so communicating whether or not you want them to help you solve the problem. Right. Like, so that's a big frustration for men, I think. Um, is you know, like you, you come in and they say, "Hey, this is my problem." You say, "Well, here's your solution," and right. then they go, "Well, you're not listening to me." Right. So I just wanted you to listen. Well, you didn't right. tell me you just wanted me to listen. Right. You got to tell me yes. that you just wanted me to listen. And then, so you're giving them a task. Essentially, what you're right. doing is now the way to solve this problem is just to sit here and listen and understand what I'm saying. Right. So it's that I like a. I understanding that a lot of men are task oriented, right? Right. Give me a checklist that I can check off for you. Right. And I can feel good about myself too because look at these things I'm doing. Right. You know, that like give them a goal in the conversation. So this is what I want mm-hmm. to happen in this conversation. And too. I think I think men really do want to help. I mean, I think when a, a wife comes and says, <laughs> you know, this is this is what I'm feeling or this is my problem, they they really do want to help, but they want to be able to provide a solution and then like you're saying, kind of close the book on that one. And I think when women are are in that in that place where they're struggling and they they really don't really know what they want and it's hard for them to communicate. I think a great question for for a man to ask is, you know, do you do you want to talk about that some more or is there are you looking for ideas or what solutions have you thought of? Is that something you want to talk about? Um, and just flat out ask her, uh, are we looking for solutions here? I mean, say it nicely. <laughs> you are know? we looking for solutions or what? <laughs> are you just whining today? <laughs> Yeah, and then a wise woman might just say, "No, I'm just whining today, and that's the way it is." So, right, yeah, all right, cool. So, as 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 the relationship then progresses, as we get better at communication, so what uh, what needs should we be looking to start to fill? Then, like, what what would a a wise man of God, particularly thinking like young husband building relationship mm-hmm. as as a married couple, what types of things should he start focusing on doing? Like, what what needs can he start filling that, that mm-hmm. he, you know, what, what holes are that we should start? Maybe not holes is the right word, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think that, that being, doing the tangible things to help, I think, um, sometimes the, the women that I've talked to, they know that their husbands love them and they know that their husbands are, again, doing things to demonstrate that love, but what they feel they need is, um, I, I want to see this in our relationship. And again, so communicating about that is, is a really good start. Um, but I think, uh, just that seeing the commitment, I, I think that is one of the things that has totally con- convinced me of, of my husband's love and, and then every time that there that there's a bump in the road, I, I think back that how confident I am of his love. And so I think it's just a husband reflecting that self-sacrificing love of Christ. And 
sometimes you you have to do it over and over again um, in any relationship, but but you give and you give and you're just showing love. And uh, don't think that it's going to take three times and then she'll know. Um, but I think that as we become aware of that and we see the, the self-sacrificing, um, hey, let's, let's do what you want to do. Or you know what? Why don't I take the kids and you can go out for the girl, with the girls for a night? Um, it, that's going to look different in every relationship. Um, but the idea is just that he's concerned about her growing um, and not just, this is where I want our family to go. This is what I think is best for our family. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, and, and there's certainly an appropriate place for that leadership and we truly need it and long for it. But part of that leadership is also looking to the wife and saying, I want to help you grow. Um, I want you to grow in your faith. I want you to have opportunities to serve. He's going to know her gifts and want her to be able to help other people. And then when she sees that, she's going to feel like, wow, he loves me. He's committed to me. And that draws her right into the relationship with a ton of respect and admiration because of his love for her. And then that's, that's a good cycle. It doesn't always last, you know, years and years, but, um, that's a great place to be. How do we do that? I know. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's so much, um, you know, that feeling of I've, I've done it six times and now it's you. And I've heard other couples talk and it's so interesting when you talk to the woman and she will say, I'm always the first one to forgive. I'm always the one who gives. And then you talk to the husband privately and he will say, I always am the first one to forgive. I'm always the one who gives. And they don't see each other. And they're just, yeah, they're just talking past each other and not seeing it and not listening for it. Uh, and so sometimes it's, it's understanding where that person needs to hear love. And that's why I'm, I'm really not teasing about dishes because I think um, I've, I've met a lot of women that really feel like, man, if a husband comes home after a long day, and helps with dishes, that does not go unnoticed. That isn't like, well, you did your job. You should be helping around the house. It's kind of like, wow, you know, you, you worked all day, and maybe I worked all day, and now you're saying that you care about me and you want to help me where I'm at. And that, that communicates a lot. Uh, not that doing the dishes is always the answer, but, that, but that's the feeling that, it, that it's conveying. That's the message that a woman gets. Yeah. I love, uh, Stu Weber wrote a book um, called Tender Warrior, and he does, he does a whole chapter on um, just like relationships with women. Um, and he does an excellent job of it, but he always talks about stuff like that is speaking a few, speaking a few sentences in her language, right? Right. So, and, and, and the, the analogy he uses, I love it. The analogy he uses is if you, if someone is, you know, visiting you or somebody wants to come talk to you or, or meet you and they don't speak your language, so they right. don't speak English and they make an effort to try and speak your language, right? So especially if you go somewhere else, right? So if you go to France or you go someplace else and they're making an effort to try and speak with you in English, even if it's broken and even if it's not necessarily, you know, like you sometimes even know what they're saying, right? You can't quite figure out what the, what they're trying to say, but the fact that they're saying it means more than the words you'll ever say. Is. I think the example he uses yes. is, um, they, they went to Germany and they met up with some of his relatives that have been separated for, you know, like four generations and they don't speak any German and they don't speak any English and they just kind of got together and they found a way to communicate and right. there was nothing that they could have said in perfect German that would have meant more 
than just the effort to communicate with each other. And it works the same way between men and women. Say so like doing the dishes might not quite hit the exact need that right. was there, right? right? There might be like it's <laughs> it might not quite be par, but right. it it's it's a step in the right direction. And like you said, it'd probably be noticed and appreciated. Right. And, you know, I think, too, if if a man approaches that like, well, hey, I did the dishes three nights like in a row. What's your problem? I'm I'm can't you see I'm trying. Then that would imply to me that he's kind of looking at it again like the checkbox. Um, And I think she's going to see that. Oh, yeah. He just you know, he's just trying to get his you know, his, his duty in so he can check the box. Um, and she's looking for something more. And I think that's a a place where I've had an opportunity to really talk to women is that, you know what, if he's, if he's coming in and doing dishes and even if it's not the best attitude or you see him trying to show love and you know, it's not quite meeting your needs. When do you say, well, you know what? He's trying and I want to respond to that. Even though it's not everything I need, even though it's not exactly how I want to hear it, just like you're saying, I I can see that he's making the effort and you respond to that and you let him know, I, I really see how much you have been giving to our relationship lately and I'm still hurting, but I need you to know that I see what you're doing. And when women can communicate that, that's really helpful to men. So that's one of the things that I love talking to women about is how to help them communicate with men to say, you know what, they're trying or they're doing this or um, appreciating their, their, their leadership in the home, whatever that looks like. Um, we just need to work at communicating with each other and, uh, and just continuing to build that relationship. And that's kind of how I see that going. Well, and just to, to call it what it is, you're uh, really are in many ways kind of training each other to help right. each other. Right. Right. Like your pav- go ahead and Pavlov them. Right. right. Absolutely. Um, so like, you know what he's looking for right. and, and we know what she's looking for. Right. So like when you see that effort you right. know, coming towards each other, like, Go ahead and reward the effort, right? Right, and and, right. and 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 communicate. You know, this is, you know, this is what made me feel this way. Right, or this is why you know this is going so well, or whatever. And have that conversation. And right, say, yeah, this is. This is, you know, this is a big thing for me, and I appreciate it. And I love it. Go ahead and reward them for it. Right, in whatever way that might be. Right. Yeah. How do if we're not getting the response we're looking for, what's the <laughs> right way to communicate that? And, and I, so you said, like, looks like he's just checking the boxes. Right. How do you approach that situation then? Like, what's the key? Obviously, I mean, the key is to be as humble as possible. Right. And if a truly servant-hearted person is going to either rarely find himself in that situation or right. is going to find himself in that situation, it's going to be a wake-up call. And you say, oh, man, yeah, my heart's not where it should be. Right. And now that's a, in you know, in it's an ingrowing process or whatever. It's, a, it's an internal process of me saying, oh, yeah, my heart's not in the right place. I need to fix this because I'm not as humble as I ought to be. Right. Um, but how do you address that on the outside if you're noticing that in the, uh, in, in, in the, uh, in the other? Um, like, what's the best way to go about that? Wow. I, I think part, part of it is it's okay to just recognize that there are just going to be some tough spots in marriage and that when you're not feeling 
greatly in love and happy, uh, that doesn't mean that your marriage is falling apart. You kind of hit a tough spot. And so let's work through this and stick, stay in there um, and keep working at it. And you don't say, well, that's it. You know, I'm, he's not meeting my needs. And so uh, I'm done. And you know, that because you start to put up those defensive walls uh, and, and it's really hard to break those down. And I don't know that I would even say that communicating or, um, some of those human humanistic kinds of solutions, I'm not sure that those always work as well as the spiritual growth. And I think that sometimes that is the kind of thing, at least if we're talking about godly women, that's what they're looking for. And again, I'll, I'll totally admit that sometimes we raise the bar. And I, I will just give you this example that when we, when our children were young and I wanted my husband to do family devotions. And so, oh honey, we should do this. This is a great idea. And so we did. So he started family devotions and we were doing that. And then a little while later I said, well, you know, we, we're not really praying enough. I think we should pray more. Okay. So then we started praying more. And then I said, you know, it'd be really nice if we had music in our family devotions with our prayers. Okay. And so I, but I began to see that I was raising the bar on him all the time and he was making the effort. But I think women are looking for this deeper spiritual connection with husbands. And, and I think that sometimes men are at a loss for how do I, how do I meet that need or what does that really look like? And, and I fear that sometimes women give the impression that, well, if you're the husband and you're my spiritual leader, then you should know all of these things and teach me all these things and be all of these things. And indeed, that's what Ephesians says husbands should be, is they should be Christ to their, to their wives and their family. Um, and so there's a, there's a little bit of that picture there. But again, when you're looking at it as a common goal as a couple and saying, I want to listen to my husband and I want to grow with him spiritually. It doesn't mean that he's always going to have all the right answers and he's the only one who knows anything. Uh, that, that really there's a communication going on and we share with each other and he's leading the way and he's offering spiritual leadership by encouraging um, time in the word and, and that's, uh, that really is fulfilling for women because they want to grow that, that spiritual part of their relationship um, but sometimes we communicate that or we give the impression like it's really hard and scary to do that. And really it's not. They just, they just really want to talk about God's word and grow. Yeah. Well, and I, like one of the things you, you said there was you started out, you said, well, we need to do family devotions. Right. And then, well, we need to, we need to pray more. And he said, well, I, th- I would love to sing. And, and, he looks at you, and, and you raised the bar a little bit at a time. You didn't go from, we're not having family devotions. Right. Now we're going to do a full worship service right. every evening before we go to bed. Like, right. You didn't set an impossible expectation. Right. You, it was like, and I don't know how, how <laughs> genuine the process was. Maybe you had that in mind at the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. But whether you did or not, you slowly raised the bar. You didn't set this crazy, big, unachievable goal. And then when he didn't meet it right, right away, go, well, shucks. Well, I guess right. he's not going to do it, right? Right. So like, and, and you're slowly adding to it and you're building together instead of saying, I want you to build me this, go do it. Exactly. You're working together and exactly. you're growing together as, as you move up. And sometimes I find that like his response initially to the, hey, you know what? Let's have family devotions. I mean, the look on his face was like, well, yeah, I've been thinking that all along. And so, and that's where I see this beautiful partnership happening is that it's not like, 
I suggested it. He thought of it. But in my position as a wife, being around the kids all the time, I had some ideas about how we could make that happen. And so, um, again, it's just not always, I just can't imagine how he would have said that, um, how he would have said, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. Uh, and this is how it's going to be. Uh, he was, I could just tell he was thinking he, he wanted to, to bring that element into our family and into our relationship. And how do we do that? Uh, and, and then I had an idea. Okay, let's, hey, let's do it this way. Um, and so again, it's a common goal and we just express it differently. And so, um, yeah. Well, and I think, I think before we go any further into this part of the conversation, I think we need to establish that, um, we like, so we, we, a lot of times we like to think of everything just as what we see, right? We just right. look at the surface, surface level stuff. We say, well, we're not doing devotion is because he's not doing it because what, right. what the reality is that <laughs> this, uh, godly marriage picture that we've got is something that is absolutely detestable to the devil and he does not want us to achieve and right. he's going to do everything he possibly can to keep us from achieving that. He's going to derail us any, any possible way. So recognizing that as part of the picture, it's right. a very real part of the picture that we're painting. Right. Um, and, and, and then with that mindset, then like consciously staying in the fight and right. saying, okay, we're losing this particular battle right now. Or yep. man, I know this is rough, but now this is the reason I'm going like, we won't have a godly family if we don't do this, this, and this. Right. And now you've got a far bigger reason there and a far greater purpose than I want to make her happy. Right. Or, you know, she wants me to do it. Exactly. So understanding that on both sides as a oh, man yes. and a wife, uh-huh. understanding that there is something that is actively trying to drive you apart. And now instead of just holding on to each other and saying, well, let's see how long we make it. Right. You're actively working towards each other and saying, we're going to combat this force that we know from the beginning is trying to separate us and trying to drive us, drive us apart and trying to break that cord of three strands, right? right. We recognize that and know that from the outset, that's right. going to change the way we approach everything else because we have a, instead of a survival mindset, we've got a fight mindset, right? right. right. Like we have an, a goal that we're fighting for. I, um, like Jesus says, oh boy, the kingdom of heaven, uh, must be taken or is held by rough men and must be taken by force. Like that's not a perfect quote, but like it's real. Right. Right. Like he, he actually yeah. wants us to fight into it. Um, uh, who's the guy that wrote Pilgrim's Progress? John Bunyan. Yeah. John Bunyan yeah. has this, has this scene where, um, like they're stand, they're all standing in front of the gates of heaven and it's being guarded by a bunch of rough men. They're all wearing armor and everything. And people keep walking up to it and saying like, I want to go to heaven. And then right. he goes, well, you got to fight through these guys. Like you got to work your way in that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Not worse righteousness, but you got to fight right. your way in. Right. And, and so these guys keep showing up and they see the, the, the pressure and they say, nope, I'm not doing it. Every once in a while, somebody like lean into them and feel the pressure and stop. And every once in a while you see a man puts his name down, pulls his sword and just goes at him and starts hacking like crazy and he makes his way through and that's the picture that the bible paints of our spiritual lives yes is it's a desperate fight um to get to the finish line and i think it's also a a solid picture of marriage that the way that the world and our culture and satan want to divide husbands and wives and degrade marriage i think that we do need to pull out our swords and say i am going to fight for my marriage again not with my own strength but how do i how do i bring uh, the word of God into this. How do I rely on God's word to bless and guide my marriage? And when when both 
people are looking at that. You, you, that's a great opportunity. And I think one of the things too that, that crossed my mind is praying together and, and what that does. Because sometimes I can imagine that it, it's difficult to always have those spiritual conversations that you feel like, oh, what are we going to say? Or what am I supposed to, how do I start that? And maybe if that's a, a little bit foreign and or a little bit awkward, maybe a good place to start is praying together. There are times that my husband has not said anything to me about something that's weighing on his heart, but then all of a sudden we'll be praying together and he'll be praying about something and I'll think, wow, I had no idea that he was struggling with that. And then it makes sense to me, oh, here's some things that have gone on that I didn't put all the pieces together. And it's just this glimpse into his soul. Um, it's very humbling to be with your husband before the Lord. And I, I would imagine that that men find it very rewarding as well, but it's a good um, it's, it's a very vulnerable, personal moment, and it's a great place to start. Um, and I think, too, that men need to give women opportunity to pray with them as well um, and, and, and hear their hearts and let them share their, um, their prayers as well, uh, just because it's a building thing, uh, not because it should only be one person, but just that growth. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if we're talking about, you know, establishing more than just physical intimacy, like more right. emotional and spiritual intimacy, there's no better way to do it. Right. Um, C.S. Lewis talks about prayer as being, you know, standing exposed before the Lord in prayer, right? Just naked and exposed. Right. And um, that same idea of just bearing, if you're supposed to be bearing it all to each other, it's going to be difficult just to sit here and tell you all my weaknesses, right? Right. But now we're, it's like I said, that cord of three strands. This is a conversation between us and God. I, you're actively seeing me give it to the Lord. Right. Um, and then I get to understand what's going on in your heart and your mind. Even just like you can read so much from the way we phrase our prayers and the way we talk about yep. things, what we choose to pray about. Right. right. And we can see all of that. And that like that is a far more intimate relationship than any conversation where we're just going to be able to pick up with each other. Absolutely. And I think that, that when a woman sees that, when a woman sees a man uh, loving God and, and, and trusting his judgment and being humble before him and seeking his word, any, any glimpse that we get of that is so drawing. It just fills our heart with love. And so sometimes when we, you know, we go back to that, that couple that's at the point where he feels like, fine, I'll do dishes if that's what it takes. Um, and they're lacking that, that love and intimacy. And there's just a lot of coldness there. Um, that is just, it just getting to that point of letting her see your spirit and your faith. Uh, and not that it has to be perfect, not that you are ever going to represent Jesus perfectly in that marriage, but as you do, and as you try to be loving and selfless, Oh man, does that ever draw a woman's heart? It just feels like this is what I want. This is really what I want. And then that man, I'll follow that man anywhere. I he's he's following Jesus. And that's and that's a beautiful picture, a beautiful way that it works. Awesome. So how do you establish that then? Or how would you so mm-hmm. you guys clearly have it at least established to the degree right. that you can in your own marriage. How would you encourage other people to establish that in their own marriages? I, I think it's a conver- a conversation about the Word of God, too. I think there has to be a comfort level of um, what we communicate about the Word of God. And again, maybe a start to that is, is just reading meditations together. And he just reads it in the morning while they have coffee together, and, and that's a great start. 
but maybe that isn't going to work for them. And so when a husband is in the word of God or any man is in the word of God and they're thinking about it and they're growing and they're reading something and thinking, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what God's teaching me. If he walks in the door and tells his wife, man, I've been thinking about this passage and I was kind of wondering about how it applies here or what about this. And he may just ask a question to make a conversation about it or what do you think about that? What do you hear when you listen to that verse? And and it, it begins a conversation. And so again, it doesn't have to be the formal family devotion, everybody sit down and be quiet because sometimes you don't have that opportunity. But when you're in the car, can you drive home from church and say, man, I really liked that hymn we sang today. I really liked that what pastor said about this. Or did you notice that in the epistle lesson? That that was kind of a cool thing. I like that verse. And that's a conversation. And then it starts. And it's just that natural. Uh, and I think that's the piece that you're looking for is Again, just like you don't force doing dishes, you don't force the word of God, you're thinking about it and meditating on it, and then you just share that with the people that you love, and that's a very natural way um, to grow spiritually. Um, it, it, it takes some effort, um, it surely does, uh, but, but it's totally worth it. And uh, what that sounds like to me is, is making that switch from um, having you know, like God time, living a secular life, you know, with some Jesus time right. and making that switch to just losing yourself in the Savior, right? Yeah. Losing your, letting, talking to the Spirit and saying, I want to walk with you. Yep. Um, and, and even recognizing, like, I, it's really easy for us to pray, like, Lord, walk with me today. Right. He's going to be there. Right. Like, that's not something you need to ask. What you need to ask is, Lord, right. give me the strength or the wisdom to walk with you today. Right. And making that switch. And, and right. uh, this was something I was kind of, pondering on meditating on maybe over the weekend was um this idea of uh well oh i'm so so monday morning i got up and just couldn't get myself together and didn't end up doing my normal bible reading or say my prayers in the morning on monday before i went off to school and as i'm going off to school i was thinking about i was thinking like man my day's gonna suck now right it's gonna be terrible And, and i was thinking about it and i realized like as the day went on, I was noticing, like, I listened to a devotion on the way to school. And granted, probably didn't listen as well as I should because I was so right. mad at myself for not doing the devotion before the devotion, right. Right? which is a little ironic in itself. But so there's a devotion on in the car on the way to school. And when the devotion ended, like, just because that's what was queued up on my phone, worship music popped on. And I got to school and then we started the day with prayer and I taught a word of God lesson. And then we, you know, like, consistently throughout the day, spent time in prayer, got in the car, was listening to a a book about Christian manhood on the way home, got home, started reading C.S. Lewis. I <laughs> just like, and I sat there and I thought to myself, you know, I didn't crack my Bible today. Right. But I've even now spent at least 45 minutes in prayer. Right. I've spent my entire day meditating on the things of God and realizing that I had had, so in the past when that wasn't the case, right, right. before like I'd had some of the spiritual growth I've experienced, um, like, it was a very big thing because that was my only that was the only time I was spending with my heavenly Father. Right. Um, and the the more you realize that the word of the Lord is the only thing, and the more you lose yourself into that um, in various ways, um, the less you're gonna have to actually like. I don't want to say make intent like be intentional about it, but like all of a sudden you're lost in the in the word of the Lord. And um, you're going to notice when you're losing time together 
but you're not so much like it, it again just quote C.S. Lewis he says most of the work we do spiritually isn't isn't taming jungles it's irrigating deserts right? right and so if you with that mindset and understanding that I was once a desert and now I'm you know prosperous and growing forest and I see sometimes when the droughts start to happen right but it's not so like everything doesn't die in a day because there wasn't rain right things starts to suffer because there wasn't enough rain and it's totally within my power to start irrigating again mm-hmm. that was a really roundabout way of saying that but right. like understanding that I we can set that up as a family too then right and so like if our relationship isn't just like you, me, and we pray today, right? <laughs> right? If it's right. a truly from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, and even in my dreams, I'm with my heavenly Father, and I'm walking with Him, and you are walking by my side, by His side, and I'm walking by your side, by His side, right? And the Lord is leading us both down paths of righteousness. That's a completely different picture, and that is a tie that won't be easily broken, right? Whereas we, I, I just think I can't help but think that most relationships that are falling apart and that are struggling can't be there. Right. There's no way you're there and having this, these issues. Right. You know, like you're obviously every marriage is going to have issues and you're always going to have places right. to grow. But the effort is gonna, like when I talk to my buddies about about their marriages and somebody says, you know, like, ah, I haven't been I haven't been uh, I, I've been too, like when my wife says, let's take the baby for a walk, I get kind of grumpy about it. I go, oh, I don't really want to go for a walk right now. And I recognize in myself that I should want to go on a walk and I do want to walk with my son and blah, blah, blah. And you say, well, did she say, and she's never said a thing to him about right. it besides, well, if you don't want to go, we don't right. have to go. And she's genuinely saying, if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. Right. And And so like they don't face this issue of being, you know, like they're so cognizant of the relationship and the relationship with each other and with their Heavenly Father, that they're never getting to a point where they're like falling off a cliff because they check themselves and they come back because they're so concerned and so consistent in the word of the Lord. Definitely. And I, the way that I see that too is that the more that you are in love with your Savior and, and growing in your faith, the more you're going to love your spouse and your family. Well, the everybody. more you're going to love your church. Yeah, yeah, all of those things are going to fall into place. And so sometimes... When, when you see things that are strained in a family or strained in a marriage, um, this, certainly there is an appropriate place for marriage counseling and, that, and attention to those things. But there's also that element that just says, you know what, I need to get back in the Word of God because sometimes I can tell as a wife that I'm feeling edgy or irritable. And I can tell that my tone or my words are conveying a message that I really don't don't want to convey. Uh, and, and I need to just go, wow, I need to start over. Let me just, just, can we just erase the last 10 minutes and I, I need to refresh, but that kind of thinking doesn't come because I'm a strong woman or a good person. It becomes because I've been in the word of God and God's shaping my, my thoughts and my conscience. And as we all do that, and as we all grow in faith, you're right. I think it just ripples out and it happens very naturally. I do think Satan loves to step in. I would love to think that if all I have to do is just love Jesus every day and read his word and then life's going to be good. Yeah. And that's not quite how it works either. But I mean, that is the, that is the pattern we're striving for. That is what, what I want to be thinking about, even in the hard times. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we move on from marriage? No, go ahead. Awesome. So moving then, making the shift into the single people world, right? Yeah. So both, uh, well, let's, let's start, let's start at the beginning and then work our way up to marriage since we started with with the newlyweds and worked up from there let's start at the beginning and move in so um 
talking about single guys and single girls. What would you, and obviously it's been a while since, <laughs> since you've been in the dating pool, while. but you've got four daughters. Yep. As a, a mother, what are you looking for in young men? Like, what are you looking for in young men who are pursuing your daughters? What would you hope you find in a young man who your daughter is pursuing or who is pursuing your daughter? Yeah, I think totally. I mean, the faith issue has to be first um, because I feel like if, if, if I can make a list, uh, I've probably made a few lists in my life, uh, but they've all, they've all gone by the wayside because at the end of the day, I have great son-in-laws, uh, but, but truly you can make that list, but if God's going to shape that guy's heart, and, and God's got a hold of his thinking and, and his actions, then I trust God to shape that man and to bless my daughter through him. And so I don't feel like I have these high criteria of, you know, he has to have this kind of job or this kind of personality or really, if, if this is a guy that's going to grow in his faith and listen to God, then God's got it covered. And, and that's been my, my only concern. Uh, and, and that's the encouragement that we have. And I think as our daughters were dating, I think that was something that we talked about was how is this guy going to do as a spiritual leader? I mean, is this, is this somebody that you're going to yoke yourself to and, and be able to follow his spiritual leadership and his leadership in your home? And he is going to be an influence on your children and, and not just, uh, as they grow up in their personality and character, but spiritually as well, uh, is he gonna is is he gonna do that? And of course, nobody's perfect, but those are the things that you're thinking about. Is what is the what is the spiritual forecast here? Um, is this is this person just a well? I just want to go to church and then be done with it. Um, that that might make for a tougher relationship. And so again, if you can bring in these conversations about faith and the Word of God. Uh, and you can talk about it before you're even married, and there's there's comfort there. Then, wow, that's a really that's a really great thing. But don't think that that's just a step towards marriage. I think that's a step towards healthy brother sister relationships that we can share um, our thoughts and the word of God with each other, and just encourage each other in a pri- in a private way. That um, there's a lot of a joy in that as well. But, but I think that's that when you start the, the list thing, and I'm sure that we all do, and sometimes it's just, or it's chemistry, you know, you just feel like, I don't know if that just, that the attraction is not there. Um, and yet God is so much bigger than that. And I'm not saying date somebody that you're not attracted to, but, but that God does, God does have a way of working in relationships, um, when people are seeking him. Yeah. Well, and, and, and in a second, I'll ask you, how, how, how do you notice it? Like, what do you, what do you see? But I, I, I can confidently say, like, it's just, it, the first time it happened, it was a struggle for me to, to like say, there's nothing about this young lady. I can't find any flaw in this young lady, except that I don't think we're on the same level spiritually. Yeah. Like, and, and that's not to float, you know, to, right. like, it's, it does not to build me up. Like, I genuinely just don't like, it's actually frustrating. Mm-hmm. You're looking like, like you're, you're drinking milk and I'm eating steak. Right. right. And, uh, like they we just can't, it's not compatible. It's not going to work. I can't drag you along. Right. Um, either you're going to despise me. Maybe in 10 years you'll be thankful for it, right. but like that, that's not where I'm looking for as a starting point. Right. Right. And, and that, I mean, that's a frustration. It's, it's weird. The first time it happens, you're like, 
is that really what I guess it is like on self-examination you go I I I guess that is what that was you know right. like it, it and sometimes it just feels like this weird feeling that you're not on the same page but the reality is like uh, like when you're in conversation and they're saying things like, you know, when this happens, then, you know, it'll be better. And, and I can't wait for, you know, like when they're talking about the day of having like being married with kids as being like the day where things will finally like. Right. Things will, things will snap into place. You're going, oh, no. <laughs> right. Like if, if, if you can't find a relationship with the Lord now. Right. Like we're not we're not going to take another step together. Right. Uh, but so the conversation then, so uh, to, to back you up, I guess is why I said that just, uh, there are people doing this, <laughs> right. myself included. But um, the question then is, you said, you know, is this guy going to be able, is he going to have the chops to be a spiritual leader mm-hmm. um, in marriage for life? How, how do you recognize that? Like, wow. what do you see in him that you say, yep, this guy has it? Well, I think the, the first thing to recognize is that that everybody's on a spiritual journey and of growth. And, and I do not look at a, a 17 or 18 year old man who is dating my daughter and think, okay, is this, you know, is he Moses? Is, you know, is he Paul? Are we, are we here yet? Well, you know, Moses and Paul weren't particularly attractive <laughs> no, at 17. No, I'm sure they weren't. And so uh, just recognizing that, uh, that you're not looking to see the full fruit that, 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 that has come. But I think when there is that willingness to, think about God's word. Uh, and, and I just remember conversations with each of my son-in-laws before they were married, just, and, and, and not that they were like three hour conversations with this great depth, but sometimes there were just moments like, you know, that's kind of important to me, or that's something that I think about, um, or I'm not sure that I agree with this. Uh, and that's okay. Because I just want to, we just want to talk about it. We just want to grow as a family. You don't have to think like I think. You don't have to to just mimic everything that our family has done because you're building a new family now and, and showing them that respect. So I think it's allowing them to grow and allowing and recognizing that um, that they'll make mistakes along the way. But truthfully, I don't think that's hard because I will surely never forget some of the mistakes I've made. And so I just think, you know, I just want to be an encouragement to them to grow. But if they're willing and they're willing to grow and they want to have faith be an important part of their life and their marriage and their family, uh, we're on the right track. And and they need to position themselves in a place where they're going to grow. And that probably isn't going to be necessarily under my husband or myself. That's going to be their church involvement. It's going to be their friends. And so I kind of look at like, who are they hanging out with? And and what do they like to do in their spare time? Like you were talking about earlier, is it this check-in, check-out with my faith? Or or is this something that's important to me all the way around? And and when you begin to see that and you begin to see their faith um, in, in the way that it's going to be manifest in their own life, not how I want to see it or what my expectations are, but just recognizing that God is working. He works in our young people, and it's so beautiful. It doesn't look like what I always think it should look like. Um, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah that, that it doesn't. So... Yeah, absolutely. I, I just like as you're talking, I just keep thinking like it's a different world that we walk into when we absolutely lose ourselves in 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 the spirit. Like when we just absolutely lose ourselves in our creator right. and and let go of the things of the world. It's just a different 
literally is a different universe we live in. Right. And just how, first of all, how comforting and how much joy to like be looking around and realizing that I am living in this world, right? Right. Um, and it's a much better world than I was living in before. Uh, and just like, it's just so much joy and comfort in knowing that uh, there's other people running the race. It's right. fantastic. But uh, it's, uh, I think what you pointed out, what, the, what you got to there when you said, you know, you're looking at his life right. is you can fake a, a lot of things. And there's right. some people, especially if you like, if you had the quote unquote Christian training from childhood on, you can really, 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 really well fake the things of the Lord, right? Without ever actually experiencing them or, or without, ever, without it ever being a reality. Right. But you cannot fake, you know, the the fruit of it. Right. You know? So when you start looking at friends, um, when you start looking at the not just the people that he chooses to be around, but who's drawn to him. Right. You know, like that. That's a big thing for me. Is who is he drawing to himself? Whether or not he even accepts them and lets them stick around, who is he drawing to himself? Like what? Like these are things that you got. Like, is he showing up at church, or is he building relationships and becoming a part of the fabric of the congregation the way right. he ought? Like, these are all things that you can't fake. Right. Like those have to be genuine faith. Yeah, I, I I was I was I was expecting a list. Oh, <laughs> and you no. didn't, and and there was a far better list. Than, oh, there than, is. It was a, it was a far better conversation than it would have been a list. Yeah, that's good. I um, think it, but I think yeah, it also ahead. really points to the the dependency that we have on the Word of God. Because as you talk about this idea of how we live in a different world, and and just everything is really different, and and that is so true, and and I I experience that. I feel like that is that's so important, and yet. It's not because of how my day is going or how I'm feeling or where my emotions are at. It's, it's because the word of God is, is just my fortress and the word of God is, is shaping me and my thoughts and my words and my actions and it's what I think about all day long. And so I think as we talk about this, you know, whether it's relationships or our, our thinking and our attitude and, and how we're functioning in the world and all of that, I think that at the end of the day, it really just comes down to being in the word of God. It just really comes down to, are you connected to the Lord through word and sacrament? And that's what it's about. And when you start there, uh, then, then everything's, then you're building on the right foundation and you're, and you're, you're going in the right direction. And I just, I think that's huge. And I would push not even being in the word, but well, I just maybe being truly being in the word, not even just reading the word, but like truly like, meditating on it, having conversations about it, praying on it, like letting it, like truly being in the word, not just reading it, right? And well, but now you're raising the bar like I did. So, well, <laughs> I mean, that, just, I said that's I a mean, place to start, not right. where you want to, you know what right. I mean? Right, I agree. Like if only a fool would start and stay in the shit, like, you know what I mean? Right. Only a fool would stand, if it's a hundred degree day, only a fool would stand ankle deep in the water. You know, right. like only a fool would take a small sip and dry their mouth and then let themselves continue to be dehydrated. Right. And so only a fool would sit in the shallow, shallow into God's mercy and grace instead of going out and sailing on the sea. Right. Um, but uh, like you said, what I think about all day, if it's if it is what I think about all day long, then what I'm not thinking about all day long is me. Right. If, if I'm sitting around all day long thinking about me and then. You know, she comes in the door, he comes in the door, and I say, you know, and all the things I've been thinking about me just come spewing out of me. Right. That's a different world. Right. That's a different life right. than all day long. I'm think I'm like 
genuinely not even thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the things of the Lord, thinking about my husband. I'm thinking about my children. I'm thinking about how I can serve this person and that person and how I can do this and how we can get to the next level in our Bible study and devotions. If those are the things I'm thinking about, I'm forgetting about, well, not as like forgetting, but I'm not pondering on myself. Right. I'm lost in, lost in the Lord. Right. And that, like I said, like there's no more joy than that. And it's going to save a whole lot of, frankly, just like practically, it's going to save a whole lot of turmoil because you're not going to end up being selfish. Right. Because what it ends up being is two selfish people arguing about who's more selfish. Right. And the truth is, yes, you both are more selfish than the other, you know? And and when you both start genuinely forgetting yourselves and losing yourselves into each other and your heavenly father, all of a sudden you got all kinds of good things. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. And I think... It's, it's, and, and it's just the struggle when one person is there and the other person isn't. And then it feels like you are dead weight to me. And I think that's why when you start with a Christian marriage and you, you see that both people are interested in growing, then when you get to those points and it feels like the other person is dead weight to me, then what you're really going to, your very next thought is, how can I help them? How can I help them? restore that joy of Christ and how can I encourage them? How can I build them up? And it's not about, you know, this isn't really working for me. It's not meeting my needs. And cause like you said, I'm not thinking about my needs and what, what I want. I'm thinking about, Oh my goodness, if this other person is hurting, how can I help them? And, and that's a shift in thinking again, that only comes through the Holy spirit, through the word, getting a hold of our hearts and saying, it's not about you. Uh, and that's just a great place to be when you can, when you can get there. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just losing myself in the thoughts about it. It's awesome. I know. It's awesome. I love it. This is a genuine question because I don't know because I've never achieved it. Sure. How do you capture that, that woman of God's heart? Like. You mean like capture her attention? I'm not. I mean, well, so like get, I mean, so there's no secret I'm looking for a godly wife, right? So. It's not, it's not a question of like, it's not, you know, it's not a help me. It's a, right. like genuinely, give me some advice. How do I, how do I, I, I mean, I know how to identify her, right? right? How do I then take that next step and, and not prove myself to her? That's not the conversation, right? Right. So how, how do I, how do we get there? How do we establish this then as what's going to be the norm? And then, you know, in, in establishing it, then we're obviously going that next step of saying, yeah, I will be a good spiritual leader for our family. Mm-hmm. So how do you establish, how, yeah, how should I approach establishing that? I mean, so like, it'd be weird to just like, you get in the car, like it wouldn't necessarily be weird. Like you get in the car and you say, Hey, first date, let's just pray on this. Get it started off in prayer. Right. It would be weird to like walk into a restaurant and every five minutes you go, Oh, and Lord, we pray that both boy. Like, you yeah, just like putting right. your hands on her and praying over her all the time without her permission. That'd be weird. It would be weird. So how do you, how do you get there? Wow. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I think, and it's been so long since I've like, like you said, have been in the dating world that, that I think, um, you know, you're meeting people, but the way that I'm imagining that it would happen more naturally is that you are invested in people, the people, people around you and you're invested in their lives. And as you are invested in their lives, you are going to see and meet people at a different level as you're being selfless and saying, how can I help this other person and encourage my, my sisters in Christ grow? Um, that's gonna, that's a different question than is this somebody I want to date? 
And so if you make that investment mm. first and say, you know what? I'm not looking for a wife. I am looking to build up the kingdom of God. And if there are women around me that I can encourage and build up in their faith and thank them for coming to church and say, you know, way to go. This is really great. Uh, I think that is, that, that's a huge place to start. Now, if you don't have those opportunities, I, you know, then I think it's a little different because I recognize that sometimes churches just don't have, you know, five or 10 single women that like, okay, well here, invest yourself in these women. I, <laughs> I, I, I realize that. Um, but I think when you're, when you're praying for that and, and waiting on God, I don't know. Every story in scripture just has always pointed to God's perfect wisdom and timing, uh, no matter what it is, whether it's marriage or children or faith or whatever, um, God's got a way of getting you where you need to be. And so as you're growing in your faith and finding your fullness in Christ, I think you're really in a good place to meet that person or to just be filled with the Lord, um, and, and just that, that he's faithful. He's gonna, he is gonna do his work. You are not gonna get in the way. Maybe think about it that way. If your wife is out there, you are, and he wants you to marry her, and you're seeking what he wants, you are not gonna get in the way. You are not gonna make the wrong move or say the wrong thing. Because if you're seeking what God wants and God wants that woman for you, then I think you're good. And until that day, that's the issue, isn't it? Until that day um, is what am I supposed to be doing in the process? And that I think the answer to that is that you're not looking, you're not focused on, on looking for a wife. You're focused on your, your growth and where God's leading you. Who are you serving? Um, how can you use your gifts in the kingdom? And, and that's part of your spiritual growth. And that's how God moves you where he wants you to be. I like that. That's true. And well, and you make a really good point. A, in scripture, um, there are no two stories alike. You look at David and Michael, who's like this forbidden role. Well, first he, first Saul's like, here, take my daughter and I leave know. me alone. And then he's like, well, I want my daughter back. And then she's like, I'm in love with him. And so that one, you know, like he genuinely is a, a man of God and she recognizes it. And she's a woman of God and recognizes the evil that her father is. And then you got David and Abigail, where <laughs> Abigail's first husband is a evil man and David kill well who somebody kills him I think David I know, he a, dies he just he dies, dies. Oh, you're yeah, right. remember the he Lord turns into stone him. and then has like That's 10 right. days or something and That's then he just right. dies yeah and then David's like well this is a great godly woman and so he marries her which again as two women we won't get any more to David's wives after that <laughs> those right. aren't story, those aren't origin stories we're going to chase after right um but and then you talk about like Ruth and Boaz and, and like that again a story that Probably wouldn't work in any other situation. Each one right. is different. And right. it's almost like Jesus' miracles. Every single story is different. You can't right. say, this is the carbon copy. This is, no. the, this right. is the path to take because everyone's different. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and then also the idea of, am I chasing my Heavenly Father in all things? Am I pursuing my Heavenly Father with more vigor than anything else? If I'm pursuing a wife more vigorously than I'm pursuing my Heavenly Father, I got things out of order again. If I'm pursuing a career more than I'm pursuing my heavenly father, like any of those things, right? right? The Lord promises he'll bless our work. Right. And he will give us everything that we need. Um, but when we start chasing those things, even in the Lord's name, with more vigor than we chase him, mm -hmm. like then we're getting out of whack and we're getting out of balance. Right. 
But just yeah. like you go to work every day, I mean, you're thinking about God and your your faith is strong, but you still go to work. I think you can have strong faith and still go on dates and just, you know, so you're still, oh, you're, no, no, absolutely. no, no, I'm just yeah. saying that you're, um, you know, that you're, what you're doing, like you're saying that, that the goal and the pursuit, it, it, you're not consumed by it, that it's, you're on this journey of faith um, and now yeah, there are things that we do in life and we go to work and we go on dates and we clean our house and we make money and mm. all of, and so, um, but it hasn't consumed us. It isn't the all driving purpose of our life. And there, I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, And the one thing that is all consuming. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then like, I, I would also, my encouragement always that I mean, I talk about on the show all the time is, um, legitimately think about like it, so, we talk about the idea of you should almost have like a, a basketball roster of close friends, right? You should have a basketball team that you're hooked up. With. Okay. And so you should have four or five. And it's, I guess it's been a really long time since I've talked about it, but like the idea of you should have four or five real close friends who you like they have access to, they have access to your life, continuous access to your mm-hmm. life. You have access to theirs. You're truly like brothers in Christ, right? You've got David and Jonathan. Right. That kind of a relationship. You should. The goal should be four to six guys somewhere in there, right? Um, and then, you know, you've got different concentric circles going out from there. And uh, uh, so you've got different levels of friendship and relationship. Right. And, and uh, so the question would be, if she if 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 she, like, would she make the inner circle if she mm-hmm. so this is a weird way to think about it. But if she was a guy, would she have the stuff to be in the inner circle and the dudes in the inner circle? We don't necessarily have the same like it's not like oh we all love basketball right like there's there are things that are far there are things that they're just far more important than that they transcend any of those you know earthly you know visceral things right like it's it's our love of the lord it's our pursuit of the heavenly father um it's the way we pursue the lord the way we pursue the lord together like it's those things are what hold us together and tie us together if she wouldn't make that roster then why on earth would I tie myself one-on-one to her for forever? You know? Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying. Uh, but one of the things I think I've learned, too, is that your relationship with a woman is going to be so, so totally different agreed. that it's really hard to think about her being one of those inner circle guys. Cause right. the truth is right. she's going to be her own circle. Right. That's um, true. And so yeah. I, I don't right. know I'm that excited. she would fit in. Right. But, so not a perfect analogy. Right. But if you're saying, you know, like is, would she make that, that, that list of people that I really trust and that I can be vulnerable with that I share goals with, that's the circle. All right. Okay. That wasn't a good analogy. She's the better analogy. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so the idea of like the right. spiritual stuff, you know, does she have a desire to grow? Like what is right. what does she want the future to look like? Those like those are the same it's the same criterion. Anybody that wants access to my life has to meet those criterion. Right? Otherwise they're gonna be dead weight. And so, like again, like would you give her ac- if she wasn't cute, would she have access? Maybe is the better way to put it. Um, go ahead and push back. I- no, I'm just, I, but I'm also thinking, uh, I can think of several relationships that I know of where there was a very godly man who met a young woman who was interested in growing in faith, but she really wasn't there. Um, very much like what we talked about earlier with the idea of people who are dating your children. Um, they're just, they're not, 
they're not all grown up and they're not all there yet. Um, and, and then you, you see it from a different generation's perspective. Um, but just to say that, yeah, it, you know, maybe she's cute, but if she doesn't make the list, well, what if, what if that's an evangelism opportunity? I mean, that's the other thing to consider is that is that, and I guess that's what I'm talking about, that investment, like maybe she's not in that inner circle. Maybe she's not strong, but are you a person that God wants to build her up? Yeah. Well, and it's also that desire to grow, right? Right. It's not necessarily that we're all in the same place and we all have the same, you know, attitude and we all blah, right. blah, blah. But the idea that, you know, we're, we're going to pursue this together right. is, is a big part of that, oh, yeah. that idea, right? So oh, yeah. somebody, somebody that isn't, that, uh, somebody that might be on the same level as you and whatever, but if they're not pursuing another level, right. if you will, or somebody that, somebody that has no interest in actually growing, um, doesn't, I don't know, for me, doesn't have a, doesn't have a place. And so I, I get, I, I'm with you, I guess. Right. Um, and, and I'm glad that you cautioned that too. Because that's true, and I way overstated. So it's good that you're reining me back a little bit. <laughs> but you know, the the idea uh, still that this what sticks in my mind is she has the desire to pursue it. And in my mind, we're also going to move a lot slower. This is going to be like a six months right. of married thing. We're going to take the time to grow together and grow in this first. Um, and this is probably going to be a longer term, longer term uh, deal before before we actually tie a knot. Right. Yeah. And I think it's also true that um, I guess my experience has been that if if a man is uh, reaching out with just a mindset of evangelism to a woman, uh, a woman can get very confused by that. So if you're, so if you're really not interested, if you really are not interested in a relationship with her, maybe better to call your sister and say, you should call up Susie and talk to her, um, and encourage her in her faith. Cause sometimes if you're just really wanting to grow in your faith, um, sometimes those cross gender things can get confusing. And I think I would imagine it goes both ways. Um, but a woman can be very attracted to a man who is trying to help her spiritually. Um, and so Mm. if you're not thinking that, then maybe not the best person to mentor exactly. her. And, and, you know? Or if nothing else, like just don't don't do it alone. Right. You know, like right. it could be that, like, hey, we have nobody in common. Right. Um, and it'd be weird to just be like, hey, talk to this girl about the things right. that we've been connecting on. It might be like a hey. You know, you, me, and this girl yes. that I go to church with, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk. So like, let's go get coffee together. I want you to, right. and then it's also, you know, quickly then adding to the, to the roster of people you have in common right. and building those relationships too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What are, what are your thoughts on, uh, on, on di- uh, beginning a relationship with somebody that, that isn't in the Lord or isn't, isn't, uh, dedicated to the Lord maybe is the best way to say that. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to know somebody's heart, but. You know, I think if they give indication that that spiritual things are not important to them, um, you know, I, I I know that there are a lot of people who have approached marriage and and had the attitude, well, you know, after we're engaged, then this person is going to start going to church or no, after we're right, <laughs> right, um, and and so I think that to me, I I would just say if you're, why would you date a person that you wouldn't marry? And why would you marry somebody that's not in the faith? Now, I'm not going to say again that I don't know people who have dated people that are not believers and they have brought, the Holy Spirit has brought that person to faith um, and things have worked out wonderfully. But I think by and large, I think scripture talks about us, the importance of us being 
in in relationships with other believers, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that that is the blessing. And I, and uh, just because when we get to that point of now you're ten years into it. And where is the natural mindset? Where are the, where's the natural behavior of this person? Uh, if it's not somebody who has grown in the Lord, it, it might have a different, let's just say it would have a different set of challenges. Um, I, I, I just would really be careful not to say it would be wrong, Mm -hmm. uh, but everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial. Uh, you know, I, I think that you would just use some caution. Yeah. I, I I just I just love the term flirt and convert. It's so, <laughs> but again, it's flirt and convert. It's not tie yourself on make yourself unequally, unequally right. yoked and pray that you'll convert. Right, those are two very different things. So, right, very yeah, much so. Good. Um, as as a woman, as a mother, um, as a as a woman who works with young women mm-hmm. quite often, what ought a guy like me, a young Christian man? What should he be looking for? Like, what are some of the things he should be looking for in a, in a young lady, too? Someone that you can just delight in the Lord with. I mean, someone that you can just really, uh, you know, we've kind of painted this picture of how important faith is. And, and I hope it doesn't give too much of a, this super serious tone. Like, okay, like you said, we'll go on a date and we're going to pray and we're going to read God's <laughs> word. And, you know, we, we can't really go bowling because that's not, you know, or we'll go bowling for an hour, but then we're going to read for an hour or, you know, whatever that Goodness looks gracious. like. And so I think just, just honestly enjoying each other's company um, I, I think that that is something that has been a tremendous blessing in our marriage is just that we are genuinely friends. Um, there's a lot of humor in our relationship. We can just joke about things and that oftentimes has gotten us through points when we both recognize we're headed towards some tension and then someone, usually my husband will crack some kind of a joke <laughs> and then it just lightens the moment and it's like, yeah, we don't want to go there. So let's let's do this differently. But I think that that lightness and that companionship, um, I just don't think you can um, just underestimate the the value of companionship in marriage. And that if you can enjoy doing things with together, I think that's huge. Honestly, I think that's something that women don't always understand about men, uh, that, that I feel like I learned a lot later in life is that men like having someone to do things with. Mm. And honestly, I, I would not say that that's real high on a woman's list. You know, she's looking for this deep relationship and these conversations. And, and you know what? He just wants somebody to go to the ball game with. And he just wants somebody to go fishing with. And, and so, again, there you see the expe- how the expectations are different. And I think, again, we talked about that communication is the answer to that. But I think women have to realize that some of those innate needs of men are very different. And they just really like to be together. And and I think that's that's what you're looking for. <laughs> be together just... doing what? <laughs> <laughs> we got to be doing something while we're together. Yeah. <laughs> you can cook. You can, yeah. Yeah. No, but you're, 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 I, I kind of interrupted you, but you're right. Like that is right. a big thing. Like you can, well, I just want to be with you. And right. yeah, that's the, the, the quick comeback is, and do what, you know, oh, yeah. like just being together is great. Right. You know, but, but let like understand again, understanding each other and communicating that of, we don't even need to be, you know, like, I, I don't know, necessarily accomplishing something. Right. But if, if you're going to insist that I'm just going to sit down and be with you. Right. Like, I'm not, sh- like, I can, if I do, you know, say, sure. 
Right. You know, it's probably going to be like checking a box. Right. Say like, hey, we need to have some conversations or we haven't sat down and just like talked about things for a while. Right. Oh, now I'm accomplishing something. We're going to talk about things. Right. But if you're just like, how come you don't want to just be with me? You say, oh, give yes. me something to do. That's right. Give me something to do. I couldn't tell you the last time I wasn't doing anything. Right. right. Like if one of my buddies calls me up and he says, what are you up to? I never say nothing. Right. There's something that I'm doing, even yeah. if it's just watching TV. I'm doing something. Right. right. And uh, so, again, like going back to where we started this conversation, <laughs> the uh, communicating those communicating those to us as we go. Awesome. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.